Hello, and welcome to this special edition of Western New York Catholic Audio. I'm Michael Mrosiak. On October 25th, 2022, the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo announced it had reached a settlement with the Office of the New York Attorney General in relation to the latter's lawsuit filed against the diocese in November 2000 regarding how the diocese handled abuse claims against it. Details of the settlement are available online at the diocesan website, buffalodiocese.org, and at westernnewyorkcatholic.org. The diocese, for its part, recently appointed a child protection policy coordinator, Melissa Potzler, to ensure that rigorous child protection policies are followed properly. Melissa joins us now to discuss more about her role. Hello, Melissa. Hello. Tell us about your professional history, where you've previously served, and, and how that will be important to your role here. Well, I started out my legal career as an assistant district attorney here in Erie County under uh, D.A. Frank Clark. Uh, I was there as a prosecutor in the Buffalo City Courts and uh, numerous town and village courts. After that, I became um, a criminal defense attorney for the Aid to Indigent Prisoners Society, also known as the 18B panel, and I represented clients who are unable to afford an attorney of their own. I think that my role as an attorney, especially as a prosecutor for the district attorney's office, um, I necessarily had the focus on the procedure, the rules, the policies. Um, I had to make certain that all of those were followed precisely. Uh, that's the only way for our system of law enforcement to work. And as a prosecutor, if the slightest procedure was not followed by either the police in making the arrest or in me as a prosecutor in pursuing the case, the defense attorney could use that to uh, get their client off and to make the whole case go away for the client. So procedure is extremely important in the law. Procedure also is extremely important when you talk about um, the, the transparency that the that the diocese is promising. Transparency is listen. We we are adhering to the rules by the book by the by the letter. That's correct. That's absolutely correct. And I'm here to provide the focus for a consistent and ongoing, comprehensive approach to creating a safe environment for our young people. And transparency and following of procedure is the utmost importance to that. Um, we have a very robust program here in the diocese, and uh, with people who are very dedicated to achieving these goals of safety, I'm just here to help the process flow seamlessly. How do you achieve that proper balance of objectivity with compassion? Well, that's a very good question. Um, even as an attorney, even though I had to leave my, um, my empathy out of it, you always naturally have some feeling for both the defendants and the victims in any case. And I think that in this role as the Child Protection Policy Coordinator, um, I will have empathy for the victims. Of course, we all do here in the diocese, and we want to make sure that the wrongs of the past are not repeated. So in bringing that hum human side of ourselves to the um, strict procedures and policies, it just makes everything flow more seamlessly. Um, it takes into account that people everywhere have been hurt by this, the victims, the lay people, our parishioners, our congregations, and the good priests of our diocese have all been hurt by these um, past several years. And there's there's an important point there because the, the most important people to focus on are the, the victims who are directly affected, but, but this hurts a lot of people. It does. It, I, I'm actually glad that my poor mother was not alive to see um, all of this. This would have crushed her. She is, was a lifelong faithful Catholic, brought me up in the church, and I think this really would have crushed her. Um, I'm just very happy that we're moving in the right direction. We have a bishop in place and all of our good priests and the people that are working on child protection that truly, truly want to do the right thing. And we are moving in the right direction. 
with the help of the lay people and our wonderful priests here in the diocese, and I think we're on the right path. Let's talk about the structure of your office. You will answer directly to Bishop Fisher. What, what are your primary duties? And uh, as you report to the bishop, what is it you report to him and, and at, at what frequency? Okay, so um, as the Child Protection Policy Coordinator, um, I'm also the Chief Compliance Officer. So my um, job is to ensure that all of our governing policies are followed. The governing policies are the five documents that we uh, follow, most of which are either developed by the USCCB or the diocese itself. And they make sure that we are following every possible precaution and doing everything properly to follow a suspected case of abuse through to its natural and just conclusion. So I ensure that those policies are followed, and I notify the bishop when the governing policies are not being followed. I also let him know that um, when we can make uh, adjustments or modifications, improvements to those dias- to those policies. And I also oversee the priest supervision program, which is for any priest that has been credibly accused. And that uh, that latter program is a more recent introduction by Bishop Fisher. Uh, talk a little bit more uh, about that to those who might not be familiar with this oversight program. Um, it's a wonderful program. Our vicar for clergy, uh, Father Gerald Kopeck, is, um, has been assigned to handle that program. And he works with a former federal probation officer who works just like a criminal probation officer in following the priests, making sure that they're living in safe environments, um, away from children, uh, that they are following a strict travel guideline so they're not allowed um, to travel alone. They have to report every um, instance of travel and get uh, permission for that. They keep daily logs of all of their comings and goings from their house. Uh, So basically, most of them are at home most of the time living, without officially saying it, uh, a life of prayer and penance. In in the event that someone does bend one of the rules, how how do you then report or enforce uh, the policies there? The uh, monitor, the former federal probation officer, notifies our vicar for clergy, Father Kopeck, who in turn would notify me, then we notify the bishop, and he can put further restrictions in place on the priest's uh, daily activities, on uh, whether or not they receive a pension, things like that. Now, we just discussed this oversight program, and the diocese has had some other uh, programs in in place for for many, many years. Um, Full disclosure, uh, I've had to go through one, the the Virtus program, as as a parent who would coach his daughter's kindergarten soccer teams. I had to take that program. I still take the updated uh, modules once a month. So uh, I, I, I can tell you from firsthand experience that there, are, that there have been programs in place. But how will your work enhance the efforts that have already been put forth by the diocese uh, in, in recent years? Uh, well, I think that um, I will be the one to make sure that all of the different parts are communicating with each other. So from the instance that a complaint comes in, I'm notified that it's come in. Uh, It is handled by our victim assistance coordinator, Jackie Joy. Um, Of course, it's reported to law enforcement. Uh, And then it goes through the steps. The next step would be notifying the bishop, the vicar general, and the vicar for clergy would start with an initial investigation to make sure that the dates line up, um, that the accused was actually where the victim says he was, um, to make sure that we, we are focusing on the right people. After that, it goes to the bishop with the uh, notifications from the vicar for clergy as to whether or not there is even a kernel of truth in the allegation. 
And if there is, it goes directly to the Independent Review Board, which uh, hires an investigator, and that investigator does a report, uh, presents it to the Independent Review Board. They decide whether or not this is a credible accusation. If it is, that goes immediately back to the bishop who puts the next steps in place for the protection of our young people. Most important point, if you do see or suspect something or hear something, first step is call the police, call law enforcement. Correct. Absolutely. That is the first step. Absolutely. Now, after you've done that, uh, once a complaint comes to to your attention, how may a layperson or the person that made the complaint be best in assisting your office? Uh, Well, the best thing to do, uh, complaints are allowed to be made anonymously, which makes it very hard for us to ensure safety for everyone. So if the person um, wants to talk to our um, victim assistance coordinator, Jackie Joy, in an anonymous manner, they are allowed to do that. But it would be much more helpful if they could give us, you know, much more information. Um, They can also report it directly on our Ethics Point secure link on our website. So they don't even have to talk to someone. They can report it directly through Ethics Point. Um, The more information they can give us, the better. That would be the best thing. And to be available if we reach out and need more information from them. Some people might be afraid to, to give their name uh, for fear of backlash, and so they, they will make their complaint anonymously. If their name is revealed during your conversations with them, th- th- their complaints are still kept uh, anonymous between your office and, and the complainant? Absolutely. Uh, Jackie Joy is a licensed clinical social worker, so she knows all about confidentiality. And I have actually told her that she doesn't even need to give me the full name of whoever is the the victim, survivor, whatever term you prefer to use. Um, all I need is like a first name and a last initial just so I can follow the case through um, all of our steps. So we do everything possible to keep everything as confidential as is humanly possible and still do an investigation. What important contact information should parish officials, lay volunteers, members of the general congregation keep handy uh, to, to, to contact you? Okay, well, the first most important number is for Jackie Joy, the uh, victim assistance coordinator. And um, her name, email, number has been on lots of different um, publicized materials that have been given out to parishes and schools in the past few years. Um, Her website is Jacqueline.Joy at ccwny.org. And her phone number is 716-895-3010. This information is also on the Buffalo Diocese website at buffalodiocese.org slash report. And you can also find the Ethics Point um, anonymous secure link to report abuse on that website as well. What's the most important message that you would send directly to uh, a victim of of past abuse? Uh, The first most important thing is that we're sorry. We hear you. We are sorry that this happened. All of us here now are trying to do everything humanly possible to keep it from ever happening again. We want to help you. We apologize. We're here for you. And if you need to reach out at any time, we have resources to help you. Melissa Ponsler, the new Child Protection Policy Coordinator for the Diocese of Buffalo, thank you for your time. Thank you very much.